The reading is from 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 19. Praise to God for a living hope. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, or greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets, who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke with the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Hi everyone, I'm Zoe and I'm a member at Shirley Baptist Church and it's great to be here today um, to bring God's word to you all. I'm sure all of us have many things that we're hoping for at the moment and I imagine that there will be some that are common amongst us all, hoping for life to return to some semblance of normal, being able to go back to work, to see family, to hug friends and to come back to church. And it's hard to think that we still don't know when we'll be able to do those things. But in the passage that we just read, we hear about a different kind of hope, a living hope that we have because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do we get caught up in our day-to-day life that we sometimes forget one of the fundamentals of our faith, that it is through God's mercy and grace that we are born into this living hope and he deserves all of our praise for this. One definition of hope 
is that it is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. And this definition might fit with some of our earthly hopes. I hope it will be sunny tomorrow. I hope they have flour in the shops. But the living hope that Peter is talking about is an everlasting, enduring hope that sustains us through every season of life. And it can be more than just an expectation. It's an assurance, a certainty. This is no whimsical hope that may or may not to amount to anything. This is a living hope that is sure and certain, and it leads us to eternal life with God. It's not hope that is dependent on future circumstances, on anything that might happen. It was made sure for us, sure and certain, when Jesus died on the cross and declared, it is finished. This living hope that we have is grounded in the living word of God and is made possible by the living son of God. This hope has life in it and therefore it can give life to us. And like anything that is living, this hope grows. Whereas earthly hope may fade away and fizzle out, this living hope that we have in Christ only grows, becomes more beautiful and more glorious as time passes. The next thing that Peter highlights is that this birth into living hope takes us towards an inheritance, which is not something that we earn, it's something that is willingly passed on to us through no merit of our own. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Not only do we receive this inheritance, but we are co-heirs with Christ. We share in the inheritance of God's own son. This inheritance can never perish, can't spoil or fade, showing it's not something that's tangible and fragile. It's not some earthly thing, but a heavenly gift. And this is such a significant contrast from anything we might inherit on earth. And this inheritance is kept for us in heaven. And in the meantime, we are shielded by God's power until we are called home to him. Until we come to receive our inheritance, we are constantly being guarded by God. We are not kept by our own power, but by the power of Jesus Christ, until we share in the full revelation of his glorious salvation. And what a wonderful promise that this is. No wonder this is referred to as living hope. What a thing that it is for us to live for. However, this isn't all to say that the going is always going to be light and easy. Whilst we can greatly rejoice in this living hope of Jesus Christ, as Peter writes in verse 6, we will also suffer a grief as a result of many trials. And that's very evident today given our current circumstances. We don't have to look very far to see suffering. And throughout the past few months, that's been really obvious. But through, but there are trials and sufferings in every season of life. We endure them throughout all of life. 
but ultimately they're used to show the strength and genuineness of our faith. Peter writes that we endure these trials so that the proven genuineness of our faith may result in praise and glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. And in his letter, Peter is writing to a group of people who are strangers in their land. That is, they're a group of Christians who have very different lifestyles to those around them. And because as Christians, we have standards and values that are different from those of the world. They mark us out as as different. And this gives opportunity for both witness and warfare. And the recipients of Peter's letter were experiencing that warfare, the suffering, because of their different lifestyle. And of course, I'm sure the same can also be said for us today. We are likely to suffer in one way or another because of our faith and our marked out lifestyle. We are strangers here on earth because, as it says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven as from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure we were all told at some point that becoming a Christian does not mean that all of our problems will magically disappear. And so we do have to recognise this. We don't need to put on a brave face just to appear more spiritual. However, some trials can be a catalyst for spiritual growth. Trials sometimes meet needs that It's really hard to recognise when we're living through it. But with the benefit of hindsight, we see God working through those. We see God working to draw us closer to him and being shaped into the people that he created us to be. And trials are for a season. They don't last forever. And yes, for many of us, we are in a season with many trials and suffering. But this will not last forever. In James chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. It may be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it is there. And we're promised that we will receive the crown of life. Peter writes that it is for a little while that we may suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And even when a little earthly thing seems to go on forever and it never ends, it is merely a drop in the ocean of the forever, the eternal life that we will enjoy in heaven. Romans 8 and verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And what an incredible thing to remember. Yes, whilst it might be hard to go through these earthly trials, they're not worth comparing with the great joy and the glory that is coming with eternal life. And throughout all of this, God keeps us and surrounds us with his love. We remain shielded by his power, even when we feel powerless. And he suffers and grieves with us so that we are never alone. As we heard in that song from last week, we don't walk alone, we don't work alone, we don't sleep alone, we don't cry alone because God is with us. 
And often living through trials and suffering gives us that opportunity for witness, to witness our faith and to bring glory to God. If we lived our lives when our faith was never tested, we might never experience the joy of relying wholly on God. We might miss out on resting in the loving arms of our Father because we never really needed to feel his comfort. And what a joy it can be to rest in his arms, to feel so safe and secure in God's love. A bit later on in Peter's letter, in chapter 5 and verse 10, he writes, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The suffering we experience on earth is not worth comparing to the great joy that we will experience when we come to have eternal life with Christ. And this is our living hope, that no matter our circumstances here on earth, no matter the trials and the suffering, we are destined for eternal life, bought with the blood of Christ. And what an amazing promise that we will be restored, confirmed, strengthened and established by the God of all grace. God just doesn't just bring us through trials, but he restores us at the end of it and strengthens us. And while we may not be able to rejoice as we look around today, we rejoice as we look ahead keeping that living hope of Jesus at the very forefront of our minds. As Peter writes in verses 8 to 9, even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And the final section of verses in this passage tells us that we should live holy lives, because the one who called us is holy. And we live holy lives because of the inexpressible and glorious joy that we have. For it is not with perishable, fading things that our salvation was bought, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who died and rose again, so that we may live lives free, not fearing death. And a holy person is not an odd person, but they have a quality about their life that is different. The root meaning of the word that's translated as holy is different or to be set apart. And not only is that person's lifestyle different from what it may have, that what it used to be in the past, it is also different and set apart from the lifestyles of those around them. It doesn't mean to be holy doesn't mean we are superhuman. God knows that we're human and that's how he created us. But he created us to be marked out, to be different, to be in the world, but not of the world. Romans 12 and verses 1 to 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that 
what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We are called to give our lives as living sacrifices to God, to submit to him, to his will and to his ways, because they are perfect. But we also don't have to do this alone because Jesus leaves us with the Holy Spirit from whom we draw power and strength. And I think sometimes we shy away from thinking about living a holy life. I know I do, because it sounds like something completely unattainable. I'm not, I'm never going to be perfect, but I can be marked out and different. That's what God called me to do and how he called me to live my life. In his letter, Peter reminds us of our salvation experience. And it's a reminder I'm sure we all need from time to time. I know I do. That we are redeemed by Jesus. And this, this spurs us on to live holy lives. Not living for our own reasons or our own motivations. We've had our perspective shifted so that we desire what God's heart desires. We know deep in our hearts that we have not earned our salvation. It's not by anything that we have done, but it is because of the living sacrifice of Jesus Christ who paid the price for our sins. In the song, Refiner's Fire, the words of the chorus are, Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy set apart for you lord i choose to be holy set apart for you my master ready to do your will so let's be brave enough to pray this prayer that our heart's desire is to be holy and set apart for god ready and willing to do his will not begrudgingly because we have to because it's what we're told to do but because we want to, because we desire to express that glorious joy that we experience in the knowledge of our living hope, the living hope that that we are granted because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Let's pray that prayer, that our heart's desire is to be holy and set apart for God. And... I'm going to finish with a verse from Hebrews chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen.